0: This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 25. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Ballers Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast. And today I'm welcoming Erica Kastner, a.k.a. the Queen of Results to the Ballers Circle. From climbing the corporate ladder to entrepreneurship, Erica Kastner knows the power of a great network. She helps business owners build collaborative networks and strategic referral partnerships and is the founder of Queen of Results Coaching and Consulting. Erica is also the host of the podcast Power Factor Biz Chat, where she interviews the most powerful and influential business building experts throughout the world. Erica, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No problem at all. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you, as I was looking through your site and uh, just trying to get a, a better understanding of your business, I saw that um, you know you you seem to have a really good uh, uh, story of how you got involved in becoming a coach. And I know that a lot of people, um, you know, when they're, when they're running their businesses and they're struggling with things, they try to figure out, okay, when exactly do I need a coach? And if I need a coach. And I know that at one point, uh, before you started becoming a coach, you had a coach yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, how did that coaching develop, uh, relationship uh, help you? And what would you say to someone who's thinking about uh, hiring a coach when they think, is the right time to do that?
1: Well, that's a great question, um, and and what a meaty one to start off with, right? <laughs> right out the gate, we're asking that question. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I my own coaching experience really catapulted me into this whole level of entrepreneurship. I, I think for many years, I mean, I don't think I know for many years, I had always been in this space of helping. Uh, Professionals, whether they were business owners, C level executives, um, you know, sales professionals at any level, with all my retail and corporate background, and then going into the nonprofit sector. um, And I was in that world uh, quite a few years before I launched my own company. But um, I really didn't see the power of what business leaders do to drive their business. And what they do in their own mind, <laughs> the, the games and the and the stories that they tell themselves and they play with, the, with themselves to accomplish what they want to accomplish, I didn't make that connection until I started working with my own coach. So I think... The the piece of advice I could give anybody that's listening to this show today, if you are in business and if you are wanting to move the needle and make an impact in some way, shape, or form, you've got to get an accountability partner. Whether that's through a coach. Whether that's through a mentor, it can't be your mom, it can't be your husband or your or your girlfriend. I mean, it's got to be somebody that can look at your situation from a thirty thousand feet view and push your needle to that next level of greatness. Because I, I I think we can only do so much in our own in our own mental bandwidth, I and mean, we really can only take on um, you know our and, and I saw, I read this the other day. I don't know if you saw this, Michael, because I think we were in the same. Um, Facebook group where I saw this, but somebody was actually saying that like, um, you know, if you can't figure out your own problems, so like you, I'm sure a lot of your listeners out there are obviously business owners and they're wanting to take their business to the next level. If they are like, awesome at xyz but they can't figure out xyz for themselves that's okay brain surgeons can't do brain surgery on their own brain so you've got to have somebody else like do help you with that you know so um so i think that for me personally coaching was the only way for me to like get better as a coach um and and for any listener out there that's thinking about that level of personal development professional development you've got to start now and build and build what you want to sustain yourself in the future.
0: Okay, I like that. Um, so, when when someone has a coach, what should they expect to get from that coach, and I guess I would I would I would even say maybe more specifically, I know you're a coach. What what should your clients expect from you?
1: Um, that's an excellent question because not every coach is the same. I mean, not every like financial advisor, or realtor, or banker, or you know, fill in the blank. We're not all the same. We're as different as snowflakes. Right. I would have to say that that for me personally, like if you're going to expect <laughs> people are gonna work with me and they're going to expect rainbows and sunshines and attaboys and things like that, there's going to be appropriate times for that. But I'm more interested in in crafting that like vision for that person. So sometimes that means breaking out of our mold and breaking out of our comfort zone, not to sound cliche, but it, growth starts outside of our comfort zone. We cannot grow when we're inside of that comfortable space. So it is going to get messy. It is going to be, um, at times, very, very challenging, very, very difficult. Um, so if you're out there, whether you're working with somebody like myself or you're working with another coach, interviewing that coach and asking them what are they going to do to hold you your feet to the fire and hold you accountable to the process. Are they giving you assignments to do outside of your one-on-one time? If you're working in a one-on-one capacity, are they doing things to um, to make you work outside of the space that you're going to be spending with them? Because you know, ninety percent of that growth happens outside of my coaching sessions. I I, I can only steer the ship. I can't tell people. What to do? I mean, it's just it's not a good practice to to (laughs) to tell people what to do, and but to empower them and to get them to think about the decisions that they want to um, to implement to grow their own business or you know improve their own situation. That's where the growth happens. That's what people can expect when they work with me.
0: Okay, sounds good. Um, so for someone who you know they say they 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 decide that they want to get a coach, um, they hire a coach. Is there a, um, I guess, an ideal time, um, like length of time for coaching, uh, or do you believe in ongoing coaching?
1: Oh hell yeah, I believe in ongoing coaching. I okay. mean, there's no way I can ever go back to like not doing that. Now I believe that that you can outgrow a coach, you know, and that and and you should. I mean, like I don't believe that any one of my, like in fact, my very first coach. Um, you know, he's no longer working with me in that capacity. We, we get to, to, I look at him now as a peer, you know what I mean? Because I'm at that level. Um, but it always, it it wasn't always like that. You know, I mean, when I, when I started working with him initially, David Essel, um, you know, that man really saved my life in a lot of ways. And I, I don't want to get into that story right at the moment. We might, depending on where this conversation goes, but, um, it's definitely something that you've got it, it, it's a lifestyle shift I mean it is definitely something um, that you will continue to if you're if you're constantly wanting to grow if you're constantly wanting to take your business to the next level or your per, personal world to that next level of greatness yeah absolutely you you just can't stop but you've got to find the right players on your team at your you know, next level of growth. I mean, so challenging yourself in those regards is definitely going to help you get to that next level of greatness, wherever you're at in your world.
0: Okay. So let's, let's, let's do that. Let's dive into your story a little bit. Um, so, you know, you, you go from the corporate world, uh, you decide that you want to make a pivot. How did that, how did that transition happen? And what are the, the significant events and significant people that were involved in that process?
1: Well, I'll do my best to condense it into a, a bite-sized piece here. I actually was, my, most of my early part of my career was in the corporate retail space. So I worked for giants like Victoria's Secrets, Maurice's, Dillard's, Longcomb Cosmetics. When I moved to the Southwest Florida market in 20, oh my goodness, it was 2005, um, I, I, I the, the job that I was doing, the, the, I was actually with Victoria's Secret at the time, and that position was not in Florida. So I thought, well, you know, this is a perfect time for me to just kind of get out of retail altogether. At that point, I was in retail for about uh, like 10 years. So I was really kind of burnt out. Um, and I loved it, but I, you know, I was really the, the hours were just horrendous. So um, I actually moved to this area with no job, no friends, <laughs> no contacts. And um, at the time, it was there was the real estate industry was booming in, in Southwest Florida in that era. So I thought, well, I'll just go work in the construction field somewhere somehow. I mean, that that seems like a logical fit, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I'm just going to challenge myself and do something entirely different than what I was used to doing. Fortunately, for from that experience, I ended up, the company I ended up working with was very involved with the community. And, um, you know, so I was going to, now I found myself like going to chamber events and um, being involved with nonprofit organizations and civic causes and, and other things that were getting me out there into the community. Within a year and a half, people started catching on to, you know what I was all about, and I—I I, I was just immersing myself into the, the the community. I ended up getting picked up by uh, the Greater, Fort, or I'm sorry, the uh, Cape Coral Chamber at the time. Later, went to work for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce, and that's where I really started to like evolve into this whole like you know, I can really impact a lot of people by finding out what it is that they need to grow their business. And if you're familiar with the Chamber of Commerce, a lot of people join that organization because they they there's usually business resources, there's networking events, there's speaking opportunities in those organizations, and they're wanting to grow their business. And so um, flash forward, that was back in 2006 when I got picked up from the KQL chamber. Chamber. Um, I started working for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber in 2011, and then I didn't start my actual professional personal development world, and that work until 2013, um, when I had some pretty, I had a pretty tumultuous shift in my world. It wasn't bad. It was a a marriage, and I was getting two gift daughters in the process. But I needed a lot of help balancing. I I felt like, you know, with that responsibility to the community and to professionals, I was very visible in the community. And there wasn't a whole lot of balance in my world. And I I thought, okay, I'm either going to drink myself to death, or I'm going to end up in divorce court, because I'm trying to, like, balance it and figure it out. And I can't. So, um, so there was, you know, a a couple variables that ended up positioning me in front of my, my first coach. Um, But that really catapulted this whole like, okay, you know, I, I can own my life, I can make the decisions that I make are based on like my mental awareness. And if I'm not like accountable, if I'm playing the victim, if I'm not like moving forward, if I'm not doing anything to achieve growth, there sure as heck isn't going to be anybody out there that's going to do it for me. So that was like the the, the pivotal moment for me was like saying, "Okay, I'm in control of this ship, but I need help, help, you know, helping me through that." And so if there if I'm like that, there must be a lot of other people in the same situation. So how can I um, how can I affect those people? How can I make an impact with those people and and move the needle for their own life? So I know there's a lot in that story, but. I just wanted to kind of share the context of where I was coming from and and how I got here today.
0: Awesome. No, I, I really like that. So, what what in particular did your coach help you with?
1: <laughs> well, initially, I went to my coach because I was 35 pounds overweight. Um, but in reality, I mean, that was like the that was like the Patty Pageant answer. Um, but in reality, I and I alluded to it earlier, but I. I wasn't an alcoholic, but I might as well have been um, because, you know, I was a social drinker and every night I would be going out and doing something, you know, with the, within the community or coming home and decompressing from a hard day at work. Um, and just, I felt like that crutch of relying on something that was going to get me through the night um, was sabotaging everything I was working so hard for. So it was affecting my weight. It was affecting my relationships with other people. It was affecting my ability to actually work um, more efficiently, you know, because when you when you're drinking or when you're like dependent on another vice, um, you're you're you don't have that clarity aspect. So and you really don't have the motivation either to go do the things you want to go do. So I mean, I I'm going to him and I'm, you know he's this life coach and I'm like okay, well I, I hell I'd love to lose 35 pounds. I mean I I really feel like I could be more confident if I did that. But it it, it was like okay, what's causing that that weight gain you know okay well the drinking is the vice that's probably not helping me with <laughs> with eating good and the extra empty calories I'm doing and the motivation to get up and go to the gym but more importantly there were a lot of anchors that I was like hanging on to from the fact that like I, and I, I won't get into the story today because it's really too media I think for the context of this interview today but I actually had an episode that happened to me when I was an 8-year-old kid and through that process of coaching I discovered that that one pivotal moment in my life ended up causing this shame spiral that That, like, I carried with me in every aspect of what I was doing. So when I go back and tie in, okay, well, you know, why are you drinking every night? And why is this need to go out there and, like, be visible in the community and make a ton of friends? Why do you need, like, you know, people to like you? Why do you need that validation? You don't need that stuff if you're if you're cool with yourself if you're tuned into what you're all about and and you own your own valid points. I mean, I, I was seeking validation in other ways, um, and my coach helped me realize that. But at the time, there was no way in in the world I was going to ever be able to realize um, the impact of what that was going to make for me. I, I just I, I didn't know what I didn't know.
0: Hmm. Okay, that's a powerful story. I I um. I think that, you know, those limiting beliefs, those those things that impact us, um, you you know, early on in childhood definitely affect people later on their lives. And I think there are a lot of people who are in that situation where they have things that have affected them and they're not aware of it. Um, and,
1: and for people out there to say that that stuff doesn't affect you, it's BS. I mean, it. it and, and if I'm going to be real, real, um, it, it is because I mean, I was I was singing that same song. I mean, three years ago, I was totally in that same boat. That I was like, oh, you know, like I I'm not going to let that define me, and it's all good and. <laughs> Um, but you know, if you don't attack it, if you don't address it at the core, um, it's going to keep rearing its head back and you're not going to ever get to that next level. You might have success in some areas, but there's going to be some other areas in your world that if you could just release that anchor and drop it, um, who knows, the sky's the limit.
0: Right, right. So with your, um, with your, with your coaching business, uh, what areas in particular do you focus on? so you get a new client, they need help What's the uh, the Erica Kastner?
1: Specialization. <laughs> well, my, my specialization is really in those strategic partnerships. So looking at what a business owner or a sales professional needs to um, put more people into their pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually find out who it is that they need to talk to. So help them define their market. But then more importantly, instead of going out there and like pounding the pavement to find a hus- 100 customers, um, it's it's saying, okay, well, who are the five people that are already talking to those same customers. And let's build a relationship with those people. And um, it's going to be a little more, um, there's obviously a lot more legwork involved with that. But the end result, if you're consistent with those efforts are going to pay off. And I, I, that's the sexy part of what I do, right? So it's like everybody wants more referrals, everybody wants more people in their pipeline, everybody wants more word of mouth, like traction about their business. But at the end of the day, um, if people don't have the confidence to go out there and walk into an organization and say, hey, how can we align? How can we collaborate? Um that's where the real magic comes in into my world and 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 um that's kind of the 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 deeper part of what I do is figuring out how can they position themselves from a place of confidence and strength to go in there, build those relationships, and then um, you know add value to the other person as well too because building relationships isn't all one-sided. You've got to be able to to add value points to the people you're trying to establish trust and credibility with. so, um, in a nutshell, that's what I do for people. And we start that process. I mean, I go in and I look at it from a, um, you know, hey, do we just need to like map this out in a VIP session? Or, you know, do we need to really look at this from like a, a long-term commitment, a longer term commitment than just ironing out in a, in a one-day strategy session?
0: Oh, okay. So how do people build credibility? How is that established?
1: Through consistency. Um you know, I, I have like I, you probably interview a lot of coaches and other lot of other people that are wanting to position themselves as authority leaders in their space. Um, I think the dream would be to to obviously go be on national television and talk about your expertise on that television interview, or you know, like maybe it's being on a podcast or a radio show, or um, you know, on a billboard or whatever that whatever it might be for. Um, you guys listening out there, whatever that means for you. But if you're not doing the little things to get you there, to work towards that goal, um, y- you just can't walk on to, like I can't walk on to Good Morning America and expect tomorrow that I'm going to be able to talk about my subject matter expert, or you know, my subject matter. I, but if I have, you know, some history, if I've done some other articles, if I've been on other podcast interviews, if I've um, if I've built – um, rapport with other people that could potentially get me in front of those opportunities um, through collaboration and work with them to find out what they need and, and, and provide that for them, then, then in time, I will position myself to get in front of that opportunity. And maybe it won't be Good Morning America. Maybe it would be something entirely different. But um, consistency is key when you're building credibility and you've got to be willing to do the things that people won't do in order to position yourself as the expert and the trustworthy, you know, credible source in your field.
0: Right. Okay. So as, as you know, you're, you're, you're married, uh, you have a family for someone who is uh, in that, in a similar situation, how does the, the family aspect affect Their ability to grow their business, and what are the what are the things that need to be considered that maybe someone who doesn't have that same sort of uh, commitment and expectations on them does maybe not doesn't need to consider as much.
1: Well, that's an interesting point because you know whenever you bring a family into the mix, I mean you're adding other people, other variables into the dynamics. so first and foremost i mean in my own transition I mean I literally had that conversation with my husband first and I said this is what I'm thinking about and then him and i crafted a plan I mean we didn't just like go into this and saying okay I'm gonna quit my job and then <laughs> I'm gonna have this successful coaching business um it, it was a it was about a six to eight month transition and I, I know for a lot of people out there that that sounds like a short amount of time for me that sem- that seemed like an eternity but um but I literally crafted the plan Plan with my husband and then when we got real clear on that um that's when we brought our kids to the table they're now they're his kids from a previous marriage but um they're they're my gift kids so i love them just like they were my own children and um i, I brought it to them and i said this is exactly what this means um you know this is what it looks like here's the plan um this is the commitment that i'm going to be making to this equation um this is what it means for you guys um i want to hear your feedback and how this can actually work and 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 function in your world because they're teenagers you know they weren't like you know toddlers um, so I wanted buy-in from them and, and all of that but we were dealing with a blended household I mean we have like you know they go over to their moms and they were there at that at that time they were there like you know once a week there once a week here so it communication was so vital but I didn't like tell them this is how it was going to down and go down I, I said you know this is my plan and I'm bringing it to you all to bring it to your awareness but you know, let's look at it together because this affects you too on some level.
0: Right, right. So, how do you set aside time uh, and and balance your life with you know all the things you have to do with your business, especially in the beginning? Because I assume, you know, starting a new business, uh, the ramp up period always has a much larger time investment. How did you How do you balance that?
1: Yeah, I I think that you know every every business owner goes through seasons and I think for me I I, I knew that it was going to be a you know a, a- we were going to be going hard for a long time. I didn't have this, like, expectation that, you know, I was just going to to put my uh, metaphoric shingle up, you know, like with my website and my Facebook account and my Twitter account and and think that everything was going to be all ducky. Like, I knew that there was going to be a lot of hours, and I was willing to do that. Um, My kids, like, again, you know, like we were dealing with, like, you know, shared custody, so I was able to fit in, like, work, my tail off on the weeks that they really you know they weren't here Um, and my husband actually he made a he's he's been in the same business for a long time but he made a huge shift in his career which added a whole nother dynamic to it so him and I were both like on this and we still are we're still both on this you know like we've got to build and we've got to work very you know like We've got to work long hours at this point, and we're smart with our time. We're not doing things to waste our time, but um, but the balance aspect of it, if, if I want what I want in three to five years, I know that right now I've got to put the investment in the time. I've got to put the investment in the coaching. I've got to put the investment back into my business, and that's the reality, and I think a lot of people going into business today thinking that they can half-heartedly do it, you know, that's that's not going, I mean, that could get them success, but I mean, I just know how hard I work. And I know that, um, I know there are a lot of other people out there working just as hard, if not harder. Um, and it's a, it's a tough, it's business is tough. Business building is tough. And so anybody out there that's saying, you know, let's get you to $10,000 a month in your first six weeks, It's a little absurd. It's a little ridiculous um, because they're just. It's it's not. It's not legit. It's not legit. I mean, you can't work you know, 10 hours a month and expect that you're going to get $10,000 a month. It just doesn't work that way. Not, not in the beginning. Now, as you develop, um, as you bring people onto the team, I've been able to grow my business quickly because I saw the value of having a team. Um, so that's where I find my balance right now is I actually rely on other people to help me with the vision. But again, that was a vetting process within itself. And that, and that was painful because there was actually a couple of people I brought onto my team that I thought were going to be a good fit. And quite honestly, they weren't, you know, and so I had to make those decisions rather quickly to say, you know what, you're not a good fit. Um this is going to cost me a lot of time and money and energy in the long run and my balance at at this point I can't afford it. So I need to I need to let that person go but but people help me balance um and then just that expectation of knowing that I'm going to be putting a lot of um time and sweat equity into my business at the at the upfront because that's what's going to help build and sustain my profitability and my impact um for the long haul.
0: Okay. I and I and I like what you said about the expectations. I think that's one of the big challenges, especially with starting a new business is a lot of times people don't know what to expect or they're modeling their expectations off of someone else's expectations and that someone else's usually has, uh, I don't know, I feel like they usually model their expectations off of an outlier. Um, mm-hmm. So w- for you, uh, w- what were your, I guess, biggest struggles when when you were starting out and what are some of the, I guess, maybe expectation mis- mismatches that you saw that you can share with, you know, someone who may be trying to start something up now?
1: I, I think one of the biggest struggles that I had was that I was already in this space, right? I was already like helping professionals like connect the dots and build strategic partnerships. And so I thought because I already had this reputation in the community that I was doing this for other people that that transition from me working for somebody else and now working for my own that that was going to be a much easier transition. Now it was. I, I was actually really blessed because when I told my um at the time I was working for the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce um, when I told my executive director that this was the direction I was heading, I literally had two months to um, say goodbye to that organization in a very, like, I mean, I got to train my successor. I got to connect with my members and let them know. Of course, I was respectful of, of you know, I didn't want to, like, you know, I wasn't coaching, like, during the middle of my day, you know, I was being very respectful. But, But everybody knew what was going on. So I had this beautiful transition period where I, like... People were were catching on; and they got that message. But at the same time, um, when when I finally you know shut the door on that chapter or closed that chapter, um, I thought, well, great! I'm going to be rolling in the the you know everybody knows what's going on. I already have like you know at the time I think I had like eight or ten clients. Um, I'm just going to keep growing this machine and it didn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. So I think my expectation was that, you know, I was just going to keep building upon the success I was already having, um, but not realizing at the same time that everybody else, all my other clients, they go through their own seasons. So I wasn't doing enough to rev up um, awareness. I was just thinking, oh, well, you know, I've already established some sort of credibility in this and I don't really have to work that much harder at it. Um, But I learned pretty quickly that that wasn't the case and I needed to go back out there and Um, pound the pavement and let people know that I was doing this new thing.
0: Awesome. So the online marketing piece, uh, setting up a website, you know, doing your podcast, uh, how did you learn that aspect of the business?
1: Well, again, that was a lot of um, trial and error. I'd actually, um, that was the other mistake that I probably made early on was trusting people that um, were my friends, you know, and in, and in, in, in the fact that they could help me build an online presence. Um, I think for anybody out there that I mean, obviously, you have a lot of people on, on, the, on this, uh, listening to this podcast today, that are driving internet, you know, they're driving their business through the internet. Um, not every website developer out there is created equal. So I think in my case, I had hired a firm um, without properly vetting them. I, I had, I mean, at one point, um, when I worked for the Chamber, I mean, I had 30 developers that I could pick up the phone and, and they knew me on a first name basis. But I only picked on one. I only reached out to one and said, this is what I'm doing. Um, and in a lot of ways, like, it, it just, it, not that they're a bad company because they're a great company. But it wasn't really in line with the vision that I wanted to, to make with my with my company. Um, And we didn't necessarily, um, and it wasn't that we didn't see eye to eye from a visual standpoint, but it was just a um, well, you know, you're not necessarily I'm, – I'm developing a lot quicker and some of these other platforms because I want to make an online business. I mean that's a, that's, that's, that's a part of my, my income strategy. You know, like the one-on-one bit is awesome and that's my bread and butter right now. But I saw viable streams of income coming from my internet business or the internet side, the online side of what I was doing. Um, And this company was very much used to working with brick and mortar organizations. So I mean, very, very different um, structurally. So I again, I had to like say, well, holy crap, I've just dumped 10s of 1000s of dollars into this company to help me build this website, build a brand. Um, this wasn't the right fit. This is actually kind of a, but it was a very expensive mistake, but it was a valuable one to learn at the same time too, because I got more smart and more in tune with knowing that tech side of things. And I didn't let the fact that I wasn't a tech queen, um, stop me from going out there and absolutely crushing it, you know? So I still have a lot to learn. I'm not a tech queen by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a heck of a lot more informed than I used to be, and I've taken ownership of that now. So that when people, when I do bring people onto the team, um, you know, I, it's like I interview them, and if if they don't know more than I do about it, then it's it's, it's no bueno. We're not we're not in business together.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think there are a lot of aspects, especially the technical piece, that people are starting out, um, especially if you're looking to hire someone and you're not familiar with. Kind of <laughs> what good work is, what good work is not, with how to direct that person. Uh, it can be really easy for someone either one to take advantage of you, or two for there just to, to be a mismatch in your expectations versus what they can do, or what they're willing to do, or what they think you need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, y- you guys are steering the ship of your business. It, I totally get the fact that um, you know you might be bootstrapping it right now, and you might not necessarily have these crazy budgets to go out there and bring people onto the team. So learn what you. What you can, um, you know, but then understand at some point your where your value points are not necessarily in that skill set. I'm not necessarily making money on my tech. My, my tech uh, abilities, I, I just it, it's not good business sense for me, but I do know enough about it on some level that I can have an intelligent conversation with somebody that I'm potentially bringing on to my team. And again, if I know things like dark posts and the people that I'm bringing on to my team are social media strategists and they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> then – You know, I I have to say, you know what, like you you're not at that level of of like you're we're not on the same playing field. And I respect your work and you can respect mine. But um, but it's a no for right now. So so being aware of that and having the the guts to say those things and have those conversations instead of like working with your friends um, will definitely save you a lot of time and energy in the long run and money, too.
0: Right. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Um, So the Power Factor Biz Academy Tell me some more about that.
1: Well, thank you for that. So, um, What's super cool is um, this is actually a group platform that um, I, I basically took my existing one-on-one coaching platform and um, there's a number of reasons why people choose not to work with a you know a coach one-on-one. Um, I really wanted to make this more accessible to people that really wanted to build strategic alliances get the information to show up and be more visible in their industry um, but do it in a community was actually going to give them the information, at a self-study pace but then you know a Facebook group community and other really cool tools to really help them um, connect you know because again I think if we're if I'm in the business of building better business relationships I've got to give people an opportunity to connect with one another Um, so we've done that and you know we do that through um, once a week course modules Um, they get information in bite sized pieces I mean it's not like these big gigantic like meaty um, topics you know I mean it's taking something that's um, like okay well what do you say at a networking event or how do you interact on social media Um, you know how do You like like conduct a proper interview. I mean, those little nuggets of information and bite-sized pieces, so they can process it. And then you know they've got a community of resources. And then I have a pretty awesome network of people that are coming into um, the Power Biz or the Power Factor Biz Academy and and teaching certain segments. So it gives them an opportunity. My participants, it gives people an opportunity to kind of see um, who I'm balling with. So it's pretty cool stuff.
0: Awesome, awesome. I like that um so erica i really appreciate you coming on the show uh had a great chat you you provided some really good information i love your story it's really interesting uh and your business and um i uh i wanted to know before uh before we go how can the baller circle get in touch with you and learn more about your business
1: well, thank you for that, Michael. Um, so the easiest way to probably connect with me is going to be through thequeenofresults.com. dot com, um, that's where you'll be able to find all the links to my podcasts, my blogs. Um, sign up for my e newsletter, which is really cool. Um, we've got some really amazing stuff and, and resources in there that are that are free. I mean, that you can actually time, chime into. Um, at the moment get to know me a little bit better, and I want to get to know you guys too. So um, if there's anything I can do to support you, let me know. But queen of is the place to go.
0: Okay, awesome. Sounds good. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the internet ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.